Um, Father God, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for your word. Um, it's just uh, it's good to know that we have kind of a roadmap, Lord, just to uh, evaluate our life by. Uh, Lord, we uh, sometimes get off track. We sometimes find ourselves kind of in a rut or just uh, going through the motions, Lord. And um, uh, it's uh, it's 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 hard. Uh, we struggle, uh, but when we have Your Word, it's uh, it's easy to find our place and just know that uh, You do love us. You do have a purpose for us, and You you have called us uh, to greater things. And so, uh, Lord, I pray as we jump back into some of the stuff we started last week that um, these things wouldn't kind of discourage us, but it would really just kind of be uh, a red flag uh, for us to, to keep our our heads on a swivel, uh, Lord. The adversary doesn't want us to be in fellowship with you. He doesn't want us to have a, a good walk with you. And so I pray that as we look at these things, we wouldn't uh, really just find ourselves in one of these uh, maybe situations and, and really just be down on ourselves, but uh, just look to see what you have to say about it. So, uh, Lord, there's always good news at the end of the story, and that's because you're at the end of the story. So, Lord, I do pray that you just speak to us today. Uh, thank you. I praise you for. Uh, Cassidy making it back uh, home. Lord, I do pray that uh, you just uh, allow the people of Pass Point, the people of HBF, just to uh, love on her and uh, just uh, appreciate you uh, just working through her. Uh, she was kind of secluded for a while. So, Lord, I do pray that you would just uh, uh, give us a good day uh, in the Word. I pray for Pastor Gary as he preaches here after a while and that you just get the honor and the glory in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles, open up to Joshua chapter 7. That's where we were last week. We're going to pick up there. And... Uh, I started something last week that I thought I was going to be able to get through. I know that's a common theme around here. Uh, so uh, I thought I was going to be able to roll right through it, and uh, I didn't get through it. So I added a little more to it, and so I hope to get through it today. But since I added more to it, you know how that goes. And so we definitely won't finish the chapter like I thought I would. But uh, we're in Joshua chapter 7. And so just a little bit of backstory um, so we can get kind of going back where we were but so the nation of Israel uh, they walked in the wilderness for 40 years under Moses Moses uh, dies Joshua uh, is kind of given the lead of this thing they go ahead and they cross Jordan you know amazing things happen God just like stops the river they're able to cross the river you know and go back and listen for the last several months on the uh, the podcast if you want to catch up on all that but just God's doing amazing things just victory after victory after victory through just the obedience of uh, God's people and so if you're obedient to God God's word, there's victory in your life. It's just the, the theme in the book of Joshua. So they cross the Jordan, they get there, and then they go into Jericho. We spent several weeks looking at uh, the battle of Jericho and kind of compared that into uh, how we need to have some planning in our life. And, you know, if there's a godly plan in our life, then God's going to be faithful to us through all of that. And so all of that happens. Everything's good, grand, great, wonderful. Like they're taking over the world. They feel like they're on cloud nine. God is on their side. Everything's great. Have you ever felt like that in your, in your walk with the Lord? I mean, yeah, I have. I've been there where it's just like, man, I feel like I could do anything with with God in in my life. I I feel like if, if that could happen, like you come back from a mission trip, uh, I'm sure other people can testify to this. There's, uh, you're on some sort of a spiritual high that I can't even explain. Like I feel like I could just charge hell with a squirt gun. And I don't even need anybody to go with me other than God. It's just those kinds. Of, if you have those kinds of feelings, that I'm guessing that's what the nation of Israel is feeling like. They are. They are just rolling. Like, God is with us. Everything is great. Uh, we're moving along. But then you get to chapter 7. And I'll just pick up. I'm going to read through the first several verses here, and then we'll get back into what we started last week. So the, all of that has happened. The nation of Israel is just jamming, man. And they get to chapter 7, and it says, But, well, anytime chapter starts with the word but, um, it's kind of a warning sign. But 
the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achad, the son of Carmine, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethaven, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto the same, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all of the people to labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate even to Shebarim, and smote them in the going down, where uh, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Well, it didn't take it didn't take long for them to not trust in the Lord anymore. Five verses here, verse six. And Joshua, he's, you know, big bad leader Joshua, he's rolling, right? He rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until eventide. He and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou uh, at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we have been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the Lord shall hear of it, and shall ever on uh, us round, and cut off our name from the earth. What wilt thou do unto thy great name? And then God's like, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Get up, dude. Like Get up off the ground. Wherefore thou liest on thy face. And so, like, that's kind of the story. And so, I started going through, I gave you, uh, or I gave you a few of them, but uh, five warning signs, because as we're going, the, going through this, I want you to kind of look at this in your life. Obviously, you're not, you know, trying to go take over AI. You know, maybe you are, I don't know. But whatever it is in your life that you're, you feel like God's leading you to do. So, five warning signs that your heart might be drifting from the Lord. Five warning signs that your heart might be drifting, for, drifting from the Lord. And then I'm going to add to it today. And give you God's one answer if this is where you find yourself. Right? And so that's what we're going to get through today. So five warning signs that your heart may be drifting from the Lord and God's one answer if this is where you find yourself. And so last week, the first one was you find yourself doing things you know to be against God's word. So if you go back to the previous chapter, I don't want to reteach what I taught last week, but uh, God had said like one specific thing as far as when you go into uh, Jericho. Don't take any of the stuff. Right, all the stuff is for the Lord. Go back to uh, chapter uh, six and verse eighteen. It says, "In ye, in any wise, keep yourself from the accursed thing, lest you make yourselves accursed. And when you take the accursed thing and bring uh, and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it." And he's like, hey, this is, the, this is like the one rule of battle. This is, you know, in, in, in the military. I've never been in the military. I tell you guys this all the time. But I've seen a lot of war movies, and I know that there's rules of engagement. Like the one rule of engagement in getting into Jericho, uh, don't take the stuff, right? Don't touch it. This stuff is not for you. That, that will come later, right? Every other city we take, you guys, you know, but this one, this is for the Lord. And so what's the one thing that happens? So, so that's the first thing. You find yourself doing things you know to be against God's word. You find yourself in life where you know what God tells you to do. You read the word, but you're struggling. And, you know, you find yourself, I probably ought not be doing this. You find yourself in situations where it's like, 
yeah, this isn't right. And you know the Holy Spirit's convicting you. Uh, you know that like your conscience is telling you this is, this is not where I ought to be. Uh, that's the first warning sign that you might be drifting is you, you're doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. Like there's not like, well, this is a gray area. Like y'all know what I think about gray areas. There's no such thing. It's either white or black. You're either in sin or you're not. You're either walking with the Lord or you're not. It's one or the other, right? You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. There really is no taking a break. And so like, as you're going through life, if you find yourself doing things that you know you probably shouldn't be doing, okay, that's the first warning sign. Okay, I'm, I'm probably drifting here, okay? And then the second one, and I, I expounded on that a lot more last week, but I, I want to get done today, so I'm going to move through these other ones. So the second warning sign that, that you might be drifting from the Lord is you begin to have pride in the victories that you've gotten in life. Uh, you begin to have pride that the victories you've gotten in life are from you and not from God, right? They go into Jericho, they take this thing, there wasn't even really a battle. So he sends guys to Ai, he's like, hey, go search this thing out. And they're like, yeah, we don't need to all go. Like, why don't you just send a couple thousand guys up there and, and we got this, man. Like, they didn't even fight us in Jericho. Like, just send a couple guys. Like, they start to think that it was because they did something really awesome that that God was going to give them the victory like no it wasn't through them at all it was through the lord all along and so what happens they send just a few guys they start doing things their way instead of god's way you ever found yourself doing that in life like you know i know what god says to do but like it would just be easier if i did it like this and you know it's not really that big of a deal and you know we we kind of get the i got this syndrome like it's fine i got this you know and I don't know if the ladies get like that, but all you guys, you know that you do this because that's what we do. It's like hardwired into our life. It's not that big a deal. I got this. Uh, the house is falling over. It's, it's not that big of a deal. I got this, babe. Just, just, it's fine. No big deal, right? No matter what it is, like I, it's fine. I got this. And we we forget to be like, yeah, God, what did what did you tell me to do? Oh yeah, I, we should do it that way. And so they send three thousand guys, and what happens? They get their tails whooped, and they come back, and then Joshua's just like. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do now? You know, and so you start to have pride that the things that have happened in life are because you did something great. Like you go on a mission trip and you come back and you're on cloud nine. Speaking of mission trips, anybody want to go to the Dominican Republic? Because we're going. I found out on Wednesday we're going. And so I'll let you know more on the date. But before the end of the year, we're going to the Dominican for a week. And so uh, if you missed Wednesday night, you probably ought to jump online and get that. But anyway, you come back from a mission trip, right? And you feel like, you know, you could do anything through God. And then you get back and you start doing things in your own power. Well, guess what? I promise when you're on the mission field, if you're like me, I like to. Okay, I'll just be honest with you. I don't like to. I like need to be able to control the circumstances of where I'm at, right? It's just something that's in, I'm a type A kind of person. I need to be able to control the circumstances around me. Um, I like to uh, be the one that's driving, which is very weird because we went out with Nick and Kendra last night and he drove and I was totally cool with it. But it's like, I must really trust Nick or something. But anyway, it's like, I'm just a type A kind of guy. I like to always be the one that like, if something was to, to happen, you know, some people would call it situational awareness, whatever it is, but that's just kind of how I am. I'm hardwired that way. You go on a mission trip, I promise, especially a foreign one, like you have this much control of anything that happens. Like, absolutely none. And I'm talking about you go into a third world type of thing, and it's even worse. Like, you, you, there's nothing that you can do, and you're completely walking by faith. And that's why when you come back, you're, you really are on some sort of, like, spiritual high. Because it's, and I promise, like, I'm talking about a high, like, that the no drug, no alcohol, and none of that stuff's ever going to give you. I've been there. I've done that, right? Like, you come back because it's not you. 
it was totally the Lord. It was totally because you were just walking in the power of Him. You come back and you feel like you could do anything. And that's what these guys were feeling like. These, these guys were like, we can do anything, but they forgot that it wasn't them that was doing it. So then they just send a few guys up to AI and they get, you know, they get taken care of. And then, so what, they were taking pride in the wrong thing. They were taking pride in themselves and not the Lord. You find yourself doing that in life, red flag, okay? That you, you're, you're probably drifting, right? And so if you find yourself in any of these, it's not like, oh, great, well, I guess I'm screwed, right? That's not what I'm getting at. The point is these are supposed to be red flags in your life to say, okay, what do I need to do to get back, right? What do I need to do? And so that's where we're headed. I don't want to leave you guys like on a cliffhanger. So that was the second thing. The third thing that you start to, the third warning sign that your heart might be drifting and then we'll get into some new stuff is you begin to listen to people instead of the Lord. Right, verse four and five said. So there went up uh, there there about uh, three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai, and the men of Ai smote them uh, thirty and six men, and they chased them. Right, they they got them out, and so here's what happens. Joshua should have been like, okay, I understand that we did a really good thing in Jericho, right? I understand that we were a part of something really awesome, but guys, I, we probably all ought to go to Ai. We probably all. Uh, ought to to go to battle, even if they're just a few people, because that's what God's told us to do. A good leader is always going to make sure that he's consulting the Lord. And so what happened is Joshua started listening to the people instead of listening to what God was telling him to do. You find yourself in life for whatever reason, in whatever circumstance where you're after worldly advice, uh, you're at, you, you don't really like what the preachers say, and you don't really like what your Christian friends are saying, so now you got yourself some you know secular friends. And you know, it's okay to have secular friends as long as you're trying to win them to the Lord. You know, but you, you start asking the people at work that you know are lost, well, what do you think about this? I, I think my wife's kind of going off the deep end. And you know, let me tell you, uh, they're going to agree with you because they're secular, right? And that's why the divorce rate is just absolutely insane. And it's not just in in the world. For whatever reason, we were kind of reminiscing on some uh, past people from HBF last night. And like several, we were just like, hey, I wonder where that person's at. And like, it was insane. Like every one of them is divorced. And I'm like, this is this is messed up, right? And this is what happens when you allow the adversary to creep into your life. So anyway, that has nothing to do with anything other than like guard your marriage, right? Uh, make God the priority. But anyway, like when you're not protecting, you know what you've got. When when you start listening to secular advice, I used the analogy last week of uh, the movie Fireproof. When when the gal, I, I was gonna bring, I was gonna put that on my computer and put it up. I forgot all about it. I, when I left here last week, I'm like, I was gonna put that up there. But there's a scene where you know the nurses are like chirping in this gal's ear, and it's a completely you know, the guy's doing something, at least trying to do something for the right reason. Uh, and, you know, it just turned into a, that's what happens. You go to the world for secular advice or you go to the secular world for advice. You go to, for whatever reason, like it might be a, a, a problem in the church. It might be a problem in your life. It might be a problem with, with whatever. That's, that's a, a red flag that like you're drifting because as a Christian, if you're walking with the Lord and something's not right, what, what is the answer? Like we know what the answer is. Go to the Lord, Right. If the Word of God's not telling you something, there's a structure in place. That's what the local New Testament church is for, right? The, especially a church like this one, like there's so much structure there. If you wanted to grow, there's so much lattice to grow on, right? If you wanted to, uh, if something was to happen in your life, there's so many uh, ways to, to, to grow and to catch you. And, and so like if something's going on in your life, go, go to your pastor, right? Go, go to somebody that you trust. If that doesn't work, go to your pastor. If that doesn't work, it, Pastor Brian, I'm, I'm telling you, there are so many different ways uh, for these things to work out, and that's what the structure of the local New Testament church is for. So anyway, when you find yourself going to the world uh, or listening to the, the people instead of the Lord, okay? So that's where we ended up last week. 
So there's two more things I want to see just out of this story, and then I want to get to you know God's answer for this thing. And so the next thing, the next warning sign that your heart's going to be drifting from the Lord is this, uh, number four. You start to question if your life was easier when you were lost. You start to question if your life was easier when you were, you can fill in the blank, whatever. Uh, you start to question, like, was it just easier before? Was it just easier then? And here, let me tell you what I mean by this. And uh, you get to... To verse 6. So they just got their tails whooped. They come back and Joshua, he's just broken. It says, And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until eventide. He and, all, er, and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, where hast, uh, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we have been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Right? Now I understand the word content is you could do a word study and ninety nine out of a hundred times you're gonna the word content is going to be a really good, strong Christian character quality. Uh, not here. He's just like, Man, you know what we should have done? We should have just been content to be slaves to the Egyptians forever. We should have never left. We we never should have left. He's already like one little battle they lost. It says, what did it say, 36 people died? Like, of the hundreds of thousands that they had, like, I understand any life is, is important, but like 36 people died is what it says. And and he's just like, you know, we, I, I remember, you know, God stopped the river and we crossed it. I remember, like, he made the walls of Jericho fall down. I remember that, he, you know, he parted the Red Sea so we could come across. But we would have been better off just staying the slaves. Like, that's not contentment. That's there's there's another word for that. There's something wrong with that, man. You, you want a warning sign that you're drifting from the Lord? You start to be like, I think I think life was easier before, right? I think life was just it was it was easier when I didn't have all this extra whatever, right? It, you start to say, you know what? Life was easier when I was lost. Life was easier when when I didn't have all this accountability in my life and people all up my up in my grill. Life was easier when, when I didn't really have any standard to live by. I just did what I wanted. Right? Life was easier when I only lived for myself. Life was easier when I didn't have this stupid job and all these people want me to do all this stuff, right? Life was easier when I wasn't married. You know, I didn't have... And I don't even remember. Like, some of you guys might remember that. I got married when I was so young, praise the Lord, because God knew that's what I needed, right? But, like, some people, they feel like life was easier when I didn't have this other person in my life. Life was easier when I didn't have kids. Life was easier when there wasn't ministry. Life was easier, like... Do you know... Do you know what the term for this kind of thinking is? Like, there's a term for this kind of thinking. Does anybody, like, have something right off the top of their head? Okay, so those are big words. Um, I'll use smaller words, right? Okay, I don't know what apathetic means. So there's there's a term for thinking like this, and I don't mean it before, before I, you feel like I'm all up on your case. I don't mean it in a derogatory way when I say this, because some of the best men in the Bible felt like this over the years. It's called self pity. Right? Is, is that like the same thing that apathetic is? I don't know, uh, but well, this is what it, it's self pity. Like it was just easier, huh? I mean, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, at least in my head, it's kind of the same thing, but okay. Like, like I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I've told you guys this. Like, I, I'm not a lot of things. I don't even play one on TV, right? 
you start feeling like this, like life was just easier. It was easier when I didn't have all this. I, I didn't, I didn't have a wife. I didn't have kids. I didn't, I didn't have this Jesus stuff in my life. It was just, I didn't have any of this. Like it was just easier, right? It's, it's called self pity. It's not godly sorrow because godly sorrow works what in your life? Repentance. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. What is that verse? Somebody knows it. I know they do. My Bible app knows it. I didn't write it down because I knew one of you would be able to just like pop it out. Huh? Like the rest of that. No, like what, where's, where's the reference? Uh, yeah, it's in, it, I'm almost positive it's in Corinthians. I was going to put it in there, but I was like, somebody will just have that right off the top of their head. Anyway, godly sorrow. 2 Corinthians 7.10. What's it say? For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the right. world worketh death. Right. Godly sorrow. Something that actually brings you to a place of brokenness, it brings you to what? Repentance. And if you were here yesterday for the training, repentance means something, right? It, it means a, a change, right? It, it, godly sorrow brings a change in your life. And not just like, a, oh, I'm going to be better. It means I'm going to go 180 degrees the other direction, right? That's what godly sorrow is. Godly sorrow is not what, what Joshua had at this point. He was just like, I would, we would have been better off being content to be slaves for the rest of our lives. I would have been better off never uh, getting married. I would have been better off never joining that church. I would have been better off if we would have just not had kids, right? I would have been better off if you fill in the blank, whatever it is. Like, that's, that's not what godly sorrow is. Moses, Aaron, Joshua, the entire nation of Israel, they, they all had thoughts like these in their lives, right? We would have just been better. We would have, and I could have went on longer, but I'm just trying to keep in the same time period as what we're talking about here. They all had the same thought. We would have been better off if we would have just stayed. If we would have just... like, Have you ever felt like that? Like, I wish I, I would have been better off not getting saved. I didn't have all this accountability in my life. Like, can I just tell you, and maybe I shouldn't say this, that's a dumb thought. Like, you, you were better off being a dead man. You were better off like having a ticket straight to hell. Like, that's, that's stupid thinking, right? Like, that's just not. And I understand. You'll come through things in life that are hard. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. You're going to come through things in life that aren't fair. You're going to come through things in life that you might have those thoughts. But man, as a Christian, as a born-again believer, as somebody who has the living God inside of them, you should very quickly be like, that's not right. And those thoughts need to go, I, I have purpose. I have meaning. I have, like, the Word of God and I have the living God. Like, those things shouldn't be what, what we go through, Right? If I would have just been content, you know, and, and, and not get saved, right? Well, that's, that's not good. If I would have been content and not got married, and, and then I wouldn't, you know, always have these issues, or whatever it is, any one of those things. Like, if I would have just been content. Like, the word content is, is very good, except in this context. Let me use an analogy to see if it kind of helps this point. For whatever reason, this is just like, I was trying to think of a way to, like, really get this across because some people are tracking with me and some people aren't like some people are like i kind of get what you're saying but like life's hard sometimes i totally get it but let me let me give you an analogy right and see if if this helps the point if if i had heart disease right and i don't know a lot about heart disease other than it's not good right Uh, i'm gonna need a new heart or i'm probably gonna die right i could ask kendra she's a nurse and uh like there's probably a lot more parts to it but is are those two things true it's probably not good and i'm probably gonna die eventually right Sooner than I would have. Okay, so see, like, I don't need to be a doctor. I'm on point, see. If I had heart disease, it would be bad. And I could, I could look back at my life and question all the things I did 
and say, well, if I, if I would have not done that, or if I would have not done this, then I wouldn't be in this situation. Like, if I would have ate better, you know, when I was younger, you know, if I would have exercised more when I was younger, then I wouldn't be here. If I would have done this, if I would have done that, if things that I could have controlled, right, because that's how I am, I need to control everything. Uh, if I would have done this, then it would be better. What good does that do me? My heart's not going to, like, heal itself by my wishing things were better, Right? Wishing I would have done things different. Like it, but at the end of all that, where, where does it leave you? You can't go back in time and change the past, and now all you have to do is look for solutions. The doctor could call me one day and be like, hey, I've got a heart transplant option for you. Like, I can make you better, right? We, we can fix this. You know, we can make you whole again. We can give you new life. And, and when, I, when I'm using this analogy, don't, I'm not really talking about you need to get saved. Because if that's what I'm talking about, you need to get saved, okay? Uh, if that's what you're feeling, but I'm more tracking uh, the other direction with this. He could be like, you know, I can give you new life. But you know what it's going to take, Jason? It's going to take some work on your part. There's going to be some pain involved, right? Uh, there's going to be surgery. There's going to be some sort of physical therapy. There's going to be a period of time that everything you do is going to be harder than it should be. But at the end of it, you're going to have new life. You're going to have extended life, right? Well, that sounds great. That's, that, that's what I need, right? My heart's, my heart's bad. I hope it's not. But like in the analogy, my, my heart's dying. Okay. Well, what if I told you after hearing this that I decided that that's, that's too much work. That's too hard. That I knew what the doctor was saying was real and true, but I just didn't want to do the hard things. And I just didn't think it was worth it. Right? It's just not worth it to me. It's not worth it to, to go through all of that. This is the decision that, that we all have to decide at some point in our lives. And I don't mean we're all going to have our heart quit working. I don't know. Maybe we will. I hope not. What I'm talking about is we're all at some point in life going to come across something. I hate to be the guy who tells you this, but it's probably going to be multiple somethings throughout life where you have to decide, am I willing to do the hard thing because I know that it's better in the long run? Am I willing to do... Uh, as, as Mitchell would say, just embrace the suck a little bit right now because I know it's better in the future. Am I willing to suffer now, not because I deserve it, but because that's just what life has brought me because I know that it's better for the kingdom of God? We will all face those things in the future. You might be facing them right now. I don't know. But like we all have to make those decisions you will have to make it at least once. And I don't, know, I don't even mean with your health. I just mean in general, in your walk with Christ. Man, you will come across something, a lot of somethings, where you have to decide, like, this isn't fair. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I have to do it anyway. Like, I'm going to have to go ahead. I know that life and... It, 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 I know that, like, real life is fellowship with Christ. But... I do want to do the hard things that, that, that's required to have it, right? I, I'm, I'm willing to do what it takes, right? And so here's the question. Am I willing to do the hard things in my life and step up and fulfill my role as a husband? Am I willing to do the hard things in life and step up and fulfill my role as a wife, fulfill my role as a parent, right? Fulfill my role as an employee, as a son of God, as a faithful member of the body of Christ. Sometimes there are hard things you're going to have to do to do those things. Like, I, I, this kind of, like, is one of those, well, this is kind of not awesome to hear. Well, guess what? This is Christianity. Like, this is real life. 
You know, it's it's really awesome when you get saved. I mean, you feel like, man, I could take this. This is I, this is the best thing ever. Well, guess what? When you get saved, you step into this battle, and as soon as you start doing things for Christ, now the adversary is just like, okay, I'm not really cool with that, right? And and there's going to be issues. The question really boils down to, and it comes right out of the text: Am I content? Am I content where I'm at right now? Like, am I content with, like, not doing anything different for the rest of my life? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be right here until the Lord comes back. And you might be like, I'm doing a lot of things for the Lord right now. I feel like I'm, I'm getting some stuff done. Or you might be like, I'm not getting nothing done, and I really hope He doesn't come back today. Like, I don't know. The question is, am I content with where I'm at right now? Not, I'm gonna get better next week. Not, I'm gonna, you know, change some things. Not, like, am I content? Because that's where John, he was just like, man, we should have just been content when we were lost and dead. Because guess what? If you're content with where you're at right now, something's wrong. And you might be like, I'm doing a lot for the Lord right now. Something's wrong. Because if God thought you had done everything that you were going to do for him, he'd take you out right now. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. And I didn't just say that because he said that yesterday. Like, if I'm being for real. Like, if God thought he was done with you, he would be done with you. Even if you're doing good things for him. Like, there is purpose. So if you ask the, answer that question, you're like, am, am I content? Well, and sometimes you would be like, at, at this point in my life, yes, I'm content because there's too much going on. There's too much happening. The battle is too real. That's when you cannot be content because, man, you are content to be a dead man if that's the case. Like, that's what you have to ask yourself. Am I content to die of this heart disease, this spiritual heart disease, or am I willing to sit down and ask God, what is it that you want me to do? And be willing to do the hard thing, whatever it is. Like the hard thing for you might be turn the TV off. The hard thing for you might be go on a mission trip. Like those are way different because I'm talking about the hard thing for you might be anywhere in between. The hard thing for you might be like stop doing whatever the heck it is that you're doing in life that you know you ought to be doing, ought not to be doing, and get real and take this thing seriously. Like get your marriage on track. Get whatever it is in your life. I I don't know what it is. Like, I know some stuff that's going on in people's lives, but I don't know. God does. Right? And so, what is it that God is wanting you to do? Let Let me be, which I feel like I have been anyway, but let me just be very real with you for a minute. Not that I'm ever not really real with you guys. Like, I'm I'm pretty black and white. Let me be very just like, life's not fair. Would somebody be like, I don't agree with you, Jason. I think just life is perfect. Like, life is not fair. Things happen that shouldn't happen. Things happen to godly people that shouldn't happen. And godly people go to God and we say, that's not fair. Like, life, that's just life. And you want to know something else that's even worse? God never said it was going to be fair. God never said it was going to be. So why should we hold him accountable for the fact that it's not fair? Like, we got ourselves into this. And when I say we, I mean the human race in sin. Like, we brought it on ourselves. And you might be like, well, I'm not Adam. Well, I'm sorry that you're holier than thou. You sinned more. And I don't even know you. Like, I'm just saying. Like, we got ourselves into this. Life's not fair. Like, it's not fair when a family loses a child. For no reason at all. That's not fair. Like it's not fair when uh, a teenager like loses his life before they really even have life figured out. 
it's not fair when, you know, spouses just run off and do stupid stuff. It's not fair when divorce tears up the church. It's not fa- like those things aren't fair. And you might be like, well, at the end, some of those things aren't controllable. Like some of those things fall in the nature of man. If God is really that good, how did He allow that to happen? Sin. So, like, I know that's like really sobering. Like, oh my gosh, what are we? Let me tell you something else. Some people spend their entire lives being mad at God because of this. Because life's not fair, because this happened, because that happened. Like Some people will spend their entire life mad at God for it. But let me tell you something else, though. God did say that eternal life would be fair. God did say that there's hope. God did say, I've got something better. God, we get so caught up in the temporal, in the this life. Like, this life is like a blink compared to eternity, where everything is fair. So man, suck it up, buttercup. And I know that's not very compassionate. I know that's not very like real. And I understand there's real battles in life. And so I am compassionate to those things. But like when it comes down to, I just don't want to do the hard thing, like your life is but a vapor right now. Suck it up so we can get souls where they need to go. Because eternity will be fair. Like, are you tracking with me? Like, that, that's what it comes down to. Joshua's like, man, we should have just been content. And the Lord's just like, what? Are you serious right now? Like, you're the guy that, that's leading this thing? Being content's a very good and even godly quality until you start talking about being content in the state of mind that life was easier when you were lost. This is not godly at all. And this is the state of mind that the adversary really wants you to have. So if you find yourself here, this is, this is a red flag. This is a warning sign. If you find yourself when it's just like, man, life was easier when blank. Like, okay, that's, that's not true. Life was not, like, circumstances may have been easier. Life wasn't easier, right? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really feel like I need to expound that anymore because that's, that's a very real point in life and when i read that every time i'm just like i've got the word content underlined i've got it like points to it i'm like every time i read it i'm like there's something wrong here because every other context of the word content in the bible is good that's not a good context of the word content why would we be content to go back to being dead men like that doesn't even make sense but yeah, that's where we find ourselves. I would be content to just go back to being single, right? I'd be content to go back to being whatever. It's, it's just, it's messed up, guys. Okay, next point, moving on. The last warning sign that, that you're drifting away from God. Uh, you start to complain and blame God, and you ask Him, what are you going to do about this, God? Like, you're, you're blaming God for the circumstances, and you're like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? He goes on to say, after he says we would have been better to be content, verse 8, Oh Lord, what shall I say? He's like, I'm the leader, i got to do something. When Israel turneth their backs before their enemies, for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and it shall ever on around us, and cut off our name from the earth. And this is where it really gets good. And what will thou do until thy great name? What are you going to do about it, God? Like, this is broken, what are you going to do to fix it? Now, there is some good in this because you need to find yourself in a broken place in life sometimes when you're like crying out to God. 
But you don't cry out to God and say, what are you going to do about this? You don't cry out to God and say, what are you going to do about my marriage? You don't cry out to God and say, what are you going to do about my kids? You cry out to God and you say, how can you help me? Right? What, what is it that you want us to do? Right? Crying out to God and just being like, hey, fix this. Fix what? Like, you want, you want me to fix your marriage? Well, it's going to start with you stopping being an idiot stick sometimes, dude. Like, why don't you ask for help with that area? Right? You want help with, you know, being a better, you, you want your marriage fixed. Well, what, what was it? What's his name said yesterday? It was really funny. I don't remember in the context of marriage. And it was just like, uh, why don't you, uh, uh, what do you say? Uh, sh- shut up and be quiet. I don't remember what he said. Anyway, he was, he was talking to a guy. It's a really good example. I totally butchered it, so it didn't do any good for this class, so sorry. Uh, Shut up and don't be stupid. Yeah, it was just like it was, it was a husband coming to him for counsel with his wife, and he was like, "Man, what, what, what can the what, what's God going to do? What's the church going to do?" And he was like, "Shut up and stop being stupid." <laughs> and then a couple weeks later, he was like, "Things were better." <laughs> I'm like, huh, that's really an odd scenario, isn't it? Sometimes that's what we need to do in life: stop talking so much and start listening to what the Word of God's telling us to do. Huh? That's really an odd concept. We start to complain and blame God. Joshua's like, all right, we just got our butts beat. Uh, we would have been better to be lost men. God, what are you going to do about this? Like, wh- how are you going to protect your name? That's what he says. What wilt thou do unto thy great name? You find yourself in life where you're just like, man, this is messed up. Well, God, what are you going to do about it? That's the red flag. You're not asking God, how can I grow? You're not asking God, uh, any of the right questions. You're asking God, what are you going to do about it? Hey, God, I'm sick. What are you going to do about it? Right? Uh, God, this is going on. Like, What are you going to do about it? Like, how can you grow? God, what are you trying to show me? That's a better question. God, what are you trying to teach me? God, what are you, what are you showing me through this? Sometimes we have to go through hard things because God's trying your faith. That's what happens. Like, that's what being spiritual, that's what being a godly man or woman of Christ looks like. Okay? But saying, God, what are you going to do about it? Like, that's, that's a very broad question. You know? He did something about it once, you know, with Noah and the ark. Like, he took care of it. And then he was like, I'm, he repented. He even says that God repented. <laughs> you know? And he said, I'm not going to do that anymore. So be careful when you're like, God, what are you going to do about it? Because he did something about it once. And I, I, that's not the answer I want. I mean, I'm saved today, but I, there's lost people around me, so that's not the answer that I want. Does that make sense? So stop asking God, like, what are you going to do about it? That's a red flag. Start asking God how you can grow, what he's teaching you, what you need to do, right? Not because you can do anything, but what he can allow you to do, right? Okay, so those are warning signs. What's God got to say about the whole thing? Like, we can find warnings. Like, I can, I can tell you a lot of times in my life that I'm like, yeah, I'm drifting. Things aren't right. I'm not on the Word as much as I should be. I don't feel like I'm walking with the Lord as I should be. Like, I mean, I can go down the list. You ever felt like that? Don't raise your hand because, like, I'm sure I'm the only one. What's God got to say about it? Like, it's okay to know that you're there. What are you going to do about it? What's God got to say? He says, what are you going to do about it, God? And in verse 10, and the Lord said, this is the first time the Lord has, has said anything in this chapter. Unto Joshua, get thee up. Wherefore liest thou 
thus upon thy face. You find yourself on any of these red flags, on any of these, I feel like I'm drifting. You want to know what God got to say about it? Get up and get back where you need to be. Well, where is that, Jason? Like, it's in the Word. It's in the church. It's in fellowship with believers. It is in fellowship with Him. You feel like you're drifting. Why do you feel like you're drifting? Well, I'm not in the Word very much. Okay, get up and get in the Word. That's interesting, right? I feel like uh, this is going on. I feel like, uh, you know, I've got self-pity in my life. We talked about it. I've got all these different things. What's God got to say? Get up and do the hard thing, right? And I understand. I'll be the first one to tell you, like, things go on in life where you do need a break. Things go on in life where you need to take a step back, right? That's why in, uh, I think it's Matthew, what's he say? He says, uh, take my yoke upon you and I'll take yours for uh, my burden is, or how's that go? Uh, my burden is easy uh, and light. Or what is, what is that verse page? <laughs> yeah. Take my yoke upon you. That, that, the whole point of the verse, I, I had it in my head, and I, was, I even was going to write it down. I'm like, no, I, I, I have it memorized. And uh, The point is, like, you feel like things are just too much? That's when God's like, hey, uh, I'll give you rest. It's, Find it in me. It's for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Like, you feel like it's just too much right now? Run into the world, run into... Uh, other people running to, uh, you know, self-pity, running to all these different things. God says, I'll give you rest. You want peace in life? Perfect peace, as Brian's been talking about this year? It's finding rest in Him. And you'll be interested to find that sometimes rest in Him leads you right back to what? Wanting to serve your tail off for Him. You find rest in Him because you're just exhausted from the everything. And you know what you're going to find after just a little bit of rest in Him? is like, Man, he's called me to do so much more. A new zeal to do it. Right? You find yourself drifting. You want to know what God says to do? He says, get thee up. Wherefore, liest thou on thy face? That's not going to do anybody any good. Sometimes we need to be on our face, crying out to God. But that's not what he was doing. Right? He said, God, what are you going to do about it? Like, get thee up. Do the hard thing. Like, do the work. That's what we're called to do, right? Eternity is fair, as much as this life isn't. Like All the bad things that go into it, like, you want warning signs that you're drifting? I don't even need to give you warning signs. You already knew this. The whole point was getting to this verse, and God said, get thee up. It's not like rocket science here. It's not like I've uncovered this new thing that you needed to know. Like It was like, oh, I really hope he gets to the point here. The point is God says, get up and get back to work, son. And I understand sometimes you need a rest, but be careful finding yourself, you know, backsliding because you're resting, right? Because guess what? When you're resting in the Lord, it doesn't say that like you know you took the yoke off. What's it say? Take my yoke upon you. Like you're going to do His work, and it's so much easier because He's doing the work for you. Like, and some of you are tracking with me, and some of you aren't. That's okay. Like. When you go through it, you'll understand it. Like, rest in the Lord is just being faithful and allowing Him to do the work and stop trying so hard. Get get out of your I got this syndrome, right? Because you don't got it and it, it's too hard. But when you allow God to get it, then it's just like, man, I don't even... That wasn't really as bad as I thought it was going to be. All right, so I hope you guys are tracking with me. Next week, we're going to finish up the chapter. We really are. And then... Uh,
we're going to uh, switch gears after that. So uh, with that, let's pray. We'll get out of here. Um, I understand there's circumstances in life. I really do. I'm not trying to be calloused or uh, uncompassionate. Uh, but I also understand like the key to victory is uh, just being faithful to Him. And like I've been there. I've done that. I bought the t-shirt. I know I'm going to be there again. It's not like I think I've been through it. Like, no, I, there's more to come. But what I am telling you is like, when you feel like you're down and out and you can't do anything else, the best thing to do is just cling to Him and, and just go through it. Because running away from it or feeling like you don't deserve this or, or whatever else, like that's not going to get anybody anywhere. Like, do the hard thing. And sometimes the hard thing is pretty simple. I hope you're tracking with me, so let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for just your word. It's pretty black and white, and uh, Lord, sometimes it's sobering, and sometimes it's um, it's just true, and uh, it's always true. Lord, I do pray that um, I, I know everybody's going through different things uh, in life, and everybody's taking this a little differently, and so I pray that you would just uh, uh, manifest yourselves, uh, you manifest yourself in our lives, uh, that we would just uh, cling to you, that we would uh, just uh, take your yoke, uh, and allow you to have ours so you would give us rest, uh, Lord. So I do pray that you just uh, bless the rest of our day, bless our week. Uh, just give us a zeal to do more for you, uh, to say more for you, uh, to be more of a part uh, of your kingdom, uh, Lord. And so I do pray that uh, you would just uh, uh, speak through uh, the message this morning, Lord, just uh, get the honor and the glory from it, Lord, and that we would just give everything back to you uh, that you've called us to do. So I pray that you just uh, uh, be manifest in our lives in Christ's name. Amen.